Welcome to the Healthy Celiac Podcast. I'm your host, Belinda from belindawheelan.com, and here you will learn to live your very best life with celiac disease. Now, we are going to be talking all about health-related topics because you, my friend, are more than just a woman with celiac disease. Welcome to the show. Okay, welcome back to this week's episode of the Healthy Celiac Podcast, where we are talking about understanding what your celiac child is going through. So you may not have celiac disease yourself, but you are supporting a child in your family that has celiac disease. Well, this episode's for you. So I got diagnosed with celiac disease a little over a decade ago, and just recently my four-year-old got diagnosed with non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So it's not as severe as celiac disease, but when he was going through all of his symptoms, I can, I was convinced that he had celiac disease. But if I didn't have celiac disease myself, I don't think that I would have picked up on it as much. I don't think I would have realized that that's what the culprit was, that gluten was causing all of his stomach issues and his fatigue and you know his swollen belly and all the problems that he was having. I don't think that as a parent, I would have put it down to that. So I truly take my hat off to any of you that have been able to get a diagnosis for your child and being able to advocate for them and get to the bottom of their issues because it is not easy. It took such a long time to get my son diagnosed just with non-celiac gluten sensitivity, even though I'm an expert in celiac disease and I knew what I was looking at and I knew what was going on, it still took so long to get an answer for him. So I think it's incredible that anyone that doesn't really know much about celiac disease has been able to get their kids diagnosed. So kudos to you. Well done. (laughs) So let's talk about your child and what your child might be going through. Now, the thing is, this varies for all ages. So if you have a little one that's been diagnosed, you're going to understand lots about what they are coping with as far as what you're seeing. But if you have a child that's gone off to college or university, you might be unaware of their their issues and what they're coping with. So let's start from when they're a young age and let's work through to when they're that little bit older and just talk about some things that we can support our children with. Now, if you've got a little one and they don't talk yet, then, oh my God, amazing. Just amazing that they've got a diagnosis because as you know, when little kids aren't feeling well, it's hard for them to explain what's going on. If they're at an age where they're not very verbal yet, then how do they tell us? They tell us through crying and being clingy and being upset. They don't have the words to be able to express what's going on. They don't even know what a headache is to be able to tell us what that is, even if they could use their words. So, if your child is upset and cranky, then it could be that they've had some cross-contamination or it could just simply be that they're having an off day. So it's up to you to be their biggest advocate and work out that, you know, what their food is that they're eating is 100% safe for them and gluten-free. Now, if your little one is in childcare, then I, I really feel for you because I see so many people having issues with this. And having to advocate for your child going to childcare, 
And some people are in the position where they can't even have their little one fed by that childcare centre and you have to actually send their food with them to make sure that they're safe. So if you are not comfortable with that childcare centre giving your child safe food, then that might be an option for you to make sure that your child is safe and you send food for your little one so that they are 100% gluten-free meals that they're being served. Now, once they get a little bit older and perhaps they've started going to kindergarten like my son does, so he goes to kindy and he luckily has to take his own food. So we pack his lunchbox for him in the morning and he has two snacks at kindy and he also has lunch there. So we've taught him not to share his food and not to take anyone's food while he's there. And as far as I understand, he's been amazing with this. We had a play date with two boys from his kindergarten last week in the school holidays. And it was gorgeous, actually, because the boys were all sitting there having their lunch in this park around a um, park bench. And Reef, my son, he offered his friends one of his little rice cakes that he had. And they both went, yep, okay, thanks. And they took it and they were eating them. And then one of Reef's friends offered him some crackers, which weren't gluten-free. And immediately Reef said, no, I can't eat those. So he knew that he wasn't allowed to take his friend's food, but it was really great to be able to witness that and see for myself firsthand that he knew that he wasn't allowed to eat his friend's food. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, we had a new bread, which has been released here in South Australia, and it is amazing. <laughs> for those of you that are Aussies, tip top the one, gluten-free white bread is just like normal white bread. I've never been a massive white bread eater, but it's seriously so good. It's like normal bread. Oh my God. So if you can get your hands on that, you have to buy some and try it. So anyway, I sent it to kindy with my son for lunch and I kid you not, I got a text message from the kindy asking me if I'd accidentally packed my son the wrong bread because it looked and felt so normal that he thought he was getting normal bread, not accidentally packed him normal sandwich instead of gluten-free bread. So kids are smart. They learn very quickly and they know what's going on. So once they get to that age, you just, you just have to talk to them more than other people because we want to empower our kids and we want them to be their biggest advocate aside from us because we can't be there all the time. So that made me feel even more confident that he was, you know, not just scoffing his food down and thinking that it was all okay. He was looking at it and thinking, wow, this looks different. This doesn't look like the, you know, the normal tiny bread that mum sends to kindy with me. He was aware that there was something different going on there. So I thought that was really cool. And it's just from talking to him and explaining everything and giving him the reasons why he has to eat certain foods and reminding him of how crappy he felt before he went gluten-free. So I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do for our kids is explain to them what's going on, talk to them about why they have to eat certain things. So that age group, I've been very lucky and that's the only thing that I can put it down to is from me talking to my son and from me educating him as much as possible. And I, I guess it's a little bit different because he's constantly heard me talking about gluten-free. It has been something that he's heard a lot before his diagnosis. So I know that I have that advantage on a lot of other parents, I guess, people that don't have that awareness around gluten-free and celiac disease, I guess that has helped a lot. 
But if your child has been diagnosed with celiac disease and you don't have it, then I urge you to learn as much as possible about celiac disease and gluten and where it lurks and where it's hiding in food and things like that so that you can then empower your child and they can be able to stand up for themselves and question things and know what they can and can't have. All right, so then we move on to primary school age children. So here in Australia, we call it primary school. Um, It might be called junior primary junior school in some areas so it's kind of like the start of school through to middle school that kind of age group and that's probably an area where it can be a bit easier because kids don't get teased as much I'm gonna say I think it's when they get to kind of the like the 10 11 age group from memory with my daughter (laughs) but obviously everyone's different so In that age group, again, I do believe it's all to do with empowering your child and talking to the school and letting them know what your child can and can't have. You may need to go to your doctor and put a care plan in place as far as what they can and can't have at school. So things like Play-Doh, art supplies, doing cooking lessons, things like that may need to be a conversation that you need to have with the school. Um... And, and let them know what's safe and what's not safe and teaching your child to, again, not be eating other people's food, only eating their own food and things like that. And then we move on to sort of middle years and I know it gets challenging. So these are the years sort of, I guess, probably kind of like the 11 to 13, maybe 14 year old age group is when kids want to get a little bit more independence. They want to go hang out with their friends. They go on parties. They're doing not, I don't want to say parties. I'm not talking about party parties. I'm talking about, you know, kids parties here, just to reiterate that. And when kids go to parties, it can be, feel you know, that feeling of left out. It can be that feeling of not being able to eat the birthday cake and not being able to eat whatever one else has. And I personally think it's up to you what you feel comfortable with. Do you want to send some food with your child that is safe and that they only have access to? Or do you feel comfortable talking to the parent of that child? I guess that depends how close you are with them and just asking them what their options are for them to eat. I know here in Australia, a big thing that people do at birthday parties is fruit platters. And from what I've seen, every time I've done fruit platters, it gets demolished. The kids love them. I would do it on a skewer and you just put shaped fruit on there. You cut the fruit out in shapes, put it on a skewer and kids love it. It's such an easy way to get a yummy, healthy um, snack into them at a birthday party. So they don't necessarily have to feel like they're deprived or missing out when they're having something like that because it's a little bit more of a fun version so that can be something that you know might be an option at birthday parties or you could take along yourself and it's a share platter that everyone else can have as well it's not just your child and then when they're going to friends houses so this this is probably more the age group when kids start having sleepovers and again it's it's totally up to you whether you talk to the parents or you send your child with food or you send them after they've had dinner. So let's just say you have an early tea and you send some snacks along with them 
and then maybe a breakfast option that you know that they can easily prepare that's not going to get cross-contamination or cross-contact and that they're going to be safe having for breakfast the next morning. So it is all about just being aware of these things and understanding that your children have got a little bit more of a challenge compared to other kids that can just, you know, freely go along and do things. We just need to be that little bit more prepared. I did see an amazing mother in one of the Facebook groups who was sending her child off to camp. And when you know about camps, they often go for two to three days at least. And she had packaged up meals for her child for the entire camp trip and they were all labelled, there were instructions with them, there were snacks, and she'd done an amazing job so that her child could go along to the school camp and just have fun and be with her friends and just enjoy that time. So we do need to make that little bit of extra effort and know that our kids will appreciate it as much as it's hard that they they may be doing something a little bit different to everybody else, but they will appreciate that they can still be a part of that. And then another thing I'd like to mention is if your child doesn't want to participate in things, it can do with anxiety. You know, they may be worried, they may be freaking out. And sometimes I don't think it's worth pushing kids into a situation that is freaking them out so much because it can cause other issues. And for me, myself, living with celiac disease, I don't like being pushed in a corner. If there's something I don't want to do, I tend to not do it. And it makes me feel better in myself. And I think this is important for our kids, that we make sure that they have choices as well. And that if there's something that they don't want to do, we don't force them to do it. So give them options and make it as easy as possible on them and be supportive for them. All right. And then we move on to high school. Oh, this is this is interesting. So I've got a 14-year-old as well. And my 14-year-old, luckily, she's very lucky, she doesn't have any health issues. So she can eat what she wants, she can go where she wants and do what she pleases as far as food goes. But I do often think, wow, this would be really different if she also had celiac disease. Because, you know, she meets up with her friends at takeaway joints and, you know, she sleeps over at friends on a whim and she has friends over all the time and they she goes to sport every single day of the week. You might have heard me mention before so she's very lucky that she can just up and go and she can grab whatever food she wants, wherever she wants. And I do feel for other teenagers that have been diagnosed, if they've lived with celiac disease from a younger age, I think it would be much easier. But for teenagers that have recently been diagnosed, it changes everything for them. It changes their whole life on the way that they socialize and hang out with friends. So depending on their friendships, they might find it hard to be excluded or to not be able to advocate for themselves, or they might be willing to take risky behaviors just so that they can fit in and be part of their group and eat gluten. So it's up to you to make sure that they're very aware of what that damage can do further on down the line if they continue to have gluten and you know, keep it from you. So I think that's where education definitely comes in, in teaching our teenagers. And then on the other end of the stick, you might have a teenager that's completely self-advocating for themselves and knows the ramifications and knows exactly what they've got to do to be able to stay healthy. And that's where, 
again, it comes down to that empowering your child and teaching them and educating them so that they know exactly the ins and outs of what they should and shouldn't be doing and why. But like I said, if they are out with their friends and doing all of these things that most teenagers do, that's wonderful. That's good for them. That's good for their social skills. That's good for their mental health. It's good for so many aspects of their lives. But we just need to make sure that they're making those smart choices. And depending on their friendship circle, they may be able to say that their friends, look, dude, (laughs) I can't eat there. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere where we can all enjoy it because, you know, it's not all about you. Just get them to stick up for themselves. I I don't know. I'm just sort of coming up with ideas as I'm talking here. But I really hope that these aware, this just around awareness for you can help. So then we can move on to university and college. Oh, wow. This in itself, this is a big one. So it for you, it may be the first time that your child has ever left home. And again, this is up to your child now to become an adult and to become the person that they need to be to live that healthy wonderful life and to be able to concentrate on their education and to be able to study. So they're going to have to eat gluten-free. They're going to have to know what they're doing. And if it's a recent diagnosis for them, then that's a journey that they are going to have to take for themselves because you can't be there by them by their side, holding their hand and helping them along their way. So they need to do it for themselves. If they've already been diagnosed with celiac disease before they go off to uni or college, then perhaps it's a bit easier for them because they've already had that lifestyle change and they're already aware of what they can and can't eat. So I think that you can definitely help support them and give them the education and the ideas as far as perhaps talking to the uni or the college about what options that they can have or whether they've got to learn how to cook or whether they're going to have to order in pre-made meals. It's up to them because like I said, you can't be there holding their hand every step of the way. And this is why all through this episode, I have talked about education, I've talked about empowering, and I've talked about how we need to be aware of what our kids are going through. You know, they might be having a tough day. They might be feeling that they're left out. They might be feeling down in the dumps. And we've just got to give them that space to feel those emotions because if we don't feel our emotions, that's when we turn to other things that don't support us. And it can lead to destruction. So I do believe in being very open with our kids and talking as much as possible because communication is a massive key to opening doors to, you know, our kids being able to fully express themselves with us and and sharing what's going on with them. So I do do truly believe that we can help our kids more than more than anybody, more than anyone out there, we can definitely help our children. So I hope that this episode's helped you and I would love to hear from you. If you have a child that has celiac disease and you don't personally have celiac disease, please send me a message over on Instagram. So you'll find my Instagram handle is Belinda underscore Whelan, that's W-H-E-L-A-N underscore G-F underscore coach. So that's Belinda underscore Whelan underscore GF underscore coach. 
And if you'd like to jump onto my email list, just head to my website, which is belindawheelan.com. So again, W-H-E-L-A-N. And you can grab my free ebook and join my weekly email list to keep up to date and be on top of everything that I share, including specials and discounts like for Ultimate Celiac System. So if you haven't heard of Ultimate Celiac System, I suggest you jump on my email list because there is an amazing offer that I've been emailing out to my email list where you can save an absolute stack load of money. So if you'd like to hear more about that, just jump on my email list and I'll be sure to share it with you over there. So in the meantime, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing more with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in guys. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, head to BelindaWheelan.com to get yourself a free copy of my exclusive ebook, 11 Mistakes People Make Going Gluten-Free Living With Celiac Disease.